Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today in the podcast, we discuss a lot of extremely depressing shit, in, mostly in the political arena, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Well, we are back on a week that is... Won't die. The week won't die. Definitely one of the worst. Uh, in recent memory, Ryan, you're yeah. here with me, of course. Yeah. In, this, the, in our in the end times, this we're here is together. The Mike Myers of weeks. It really is. It just you think uh, you got them, but uh, there pops back up, <laughs> stabbing you in the fucking chest. And you're like, "Where's my activity? I just want to go home." Yeah. You just you're like, "I got a shit. Get me the activity." <laughs> Get my have them pull the Lincoln Town car around. And There's all this to, shit, no activity. Does anybody understand that's a Jamie Lee Curtis reference? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis did the Activia commercials. I hope I don't have to over explain that. That's a this, poop but, yogurt. Yeah, it's a yogurt that helps you shit. And anyhow, okay, speaking of shit, uh, this <sighs> week uh, is bad, going from bad to worse. I mean, I'll say this we record on a Thursday. Um, I mean, I'm just going to bring it up. I mean, we're, we're sitting here. Uh, and there's news coming in right now, which will be old news to you when you hear this tomorrow, but that there is a shooting, uh, uh, maybe maybe casualties. We don't know how many casualties, multiple, not really there's sure. Really no reporting. This, no reporting yeah. at this point um, at a newsroom in, uh, hold on, I want to make sure I Annapolis. get Annapolis. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what I know now by looking at multiple people shot at Maryland newspaper, says CNN. And at the NYPD the, is deploying officers to every news outlet in New York. At the uh, at the um, uh, Capitol Gazette in uh, in Maryland. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, apparently someone's in custody, believed to be the shooter. Uh, long and short is like, you know, this this. People shooting up newsrooms is the stuff you hear about. Uh, you know, it's Charlie Hebdo. It's and it's funny because like, uh, I mean, we are you know we we are living in like uh, uh, an age of uh, of. Now I don't know who the shooter is. I don't know anything about the shooter. I'll be you know it could be anybody. We'll find out. This will be very dated tomorrow when we all know. But like, look, you know, I think that there's a kind of new age of 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 fear in this country in from places that I don't think we had fear about. We have not had fear about for. A long time. I mean, I think like, you know, you look at the, the protests in Charlottesville, uh, you know, a woman run over and killed by a fucking white supremacist Nazi fuck. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos this week told a reporter um, that he can't wait until um, until people start shooting journalists. Uh, the the uh, Southern uh, Poverty Law Center has a has a story about I mean, a lot of people have a story about it, but they wrote about it. Obviously, they track um uh hate groups and hate crimes um and uh and you know it, trump has said on numerous occasions that the that the media is the enemy of of the people which is the, the same shit that um hitler said which is exactly what hitler said yeah that's it. um and i you know and this week this week which has been a week where where there have been multiple supreme court rulings extremely conservative right leaning uh, supreme court rulings that that tackle um, uh, unions that tackle uh, 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 pro-life initiatives, um, uh, the travel ban, all of which have been ruled uh, in the you know ruled for in the favor of conservatism and conservative ideals. Um, you know we're we're in a we're in a fucked up moment right now. Uh, you know I tweeted this story earlier 
the CBS News story, um, they're do, you know, CBS was doing an interview with this ice whistleblower, and and while they were shooting the interview, um, some government agents showed up at uh, his house to to question him, you know? And I tweeted like, that's this is some Nazi shit. And I'm getting like increasingly, you know, it, for a long time since Trump got elected, since, you know, his platform was white supremacy and racism. I mean, it's through and through, like we've been told to, everybody's been told to, everybody on the left, anybody who says this is like, don't compare him to Hitler. Don't talk about Nazis. You're blowing it out of proportion. You're blowing, and it's like, it's like, listen, I think this is actually how it fucking starts. Like. I don't I'm not sure anymore that like this idea that everything is going to go back to normal and we've got laws to protect us that any of those things are true at this point. I have seen no evidence that there is anybody who's come, coming to fucking protect us at this point. The only thing that I think could happen is that we overturn a lot of these seats that are held by Republicans um, uh, in Congress and 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 we attempt to get some control back of the government, which is now completely in the hands of right wing, hardline right wing, religious right wing, fucking Christian uh, 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 crusaders. And like, it's fucking scary. Like, I'm literally like, I think it's insane. And like, we need to start talking about like how much this is like the things that happen in the lead up to um, what became like the Nazism we all know and hate. And I'll say one other thing is that I started listening to a book last night by Eric Larson, which is a nonfiction book called In the Garden of Beasts, which is about the, the, what life was like in Berlin and Germany um, uh, in the years, in the decade leading up to, you know, less than a decade leading up to um, the, the, the Nazism that we all understand to have been happening. And it's a lot like this. It's a lot like a lot of people going, something's wrong. This doesn't feel right. And nobody doing, being able to do anything about it and just a fucking slow decline into complete madness. And like, look, America's a big country. A lot of people here are very different than Germany. Uh, More I, likely that we split into two fucking warring civil war factions on the coasts in the middle and the bottom all <laughs> fighting with each other. And like, it's, it, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I foresee a future in which Trump tries to delay the election and uh, the states flip out and we just splinter. Like, I, I, I don't think that's wacko stuff yeah. to say at no, this point. No, I mean, this sounds like, it sounds like, I listen, I hear myself. I don't think it's wacko. And I sound, and I'm like, oh, wow, I sound like I'm panicking. You know, and I'm not, I don't feel panicked, but I feel deeply concerned. And I feel like all of this stuff is like, you know, the, the I, all of this stuff feels like smoke, right? There's a, there's a fucking fire. Like, something is something is different now. Like, this is very strange to me. Like, you know, uh, I, you know, let's hope, I mean, let's hope this changes. Let's hope there's a flip, a blue wave, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, but it definitely doesn't feel like, like the controls are where they used to be. And it doesn't feel like we have any recourse on this stuff. And I gotta say like newsrooms being shut up to me probably is now, I think we should probably start to think about that as being the kind of common event that a school shooting is in this country. Um, I think we are just be accepting more and more like insanity and madness from fringe, from like fringe actors. And those fringe actors are increasingly being like emboldened and pushed towards the center of like American conversation. And that it's like a really dangerous fucking place to be. John tried to have a talk with me last night about going back into therapy just because the anxiety of this administration and what it's done to my family has really um, affected me. And uh, the crux that I came down to was, but I feel like this is entirely reasonable. 
And I feel like if I go to therapy, I'll do more discussing of this, which I do enough of. And it, to me, it felt like at the point at which you think I'm being unreasonable or that like this stuff shouldn't upset me to this degree or something, let me know. But something upsetting me that should upset me, like I know what the source is and it's in the White House. And like my job and my career and my dreams and aspirations revolve around saying things that he wouldn't like. And like to see that this result, something like this happened to journalists for saying things that his supporters don't want to hear. Uh, for for using facts instead of repeating the nonsense like conspiracy Reddit theories that they want to have validated, um, I, I mean, and I don't mean to make this I'm some kind of martyr or I'm centered in this or anyone cares what I have to say, but I don't want to live in a country where I have to pull punches or like I I, I, I feel threatened when I get on stage with a bunch of other gay comics or like I don't. It, to me, like the I haven't felt this level of like real physical fear for myself or even just like anxiety since I like came out of the closet in a small town in like the early 2000s and and there you know you received the blowback that you receive and like and to not to be back in that place where I don't feel control like I I don't think that that's an unreal like me talking about like what 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 America's gonna look like ten years down the line and it being things that it's like I can't believe I'm saying this you know this is all theoretical silly Hunger Games stuff and we were all like. It was never we were never going to get here, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it feels surreal. But I also like objectively, we need to start thinking about it as if this is what's happening, because if we don't, we're going to regret pretending that election was going to fix this or pretending that like, well, I'll just donate to Planned Parenthood and Roe v. Wade won't get overturned. Like we need to stop. We need to stop having like the whole Obama's whole like the the bend of his or the curve of histories toward justice or whatever like we need to stop assuming that everything will work out because we think it makes sense like we have to bend it towards justice like we uh, uh, yeah uh, i mean this is by the way uh concurrently with this <laughs> concurrently with this there's a story uh there is a, a actual department of homeland security uh blog post of official whatever press release the headline of it is uh we must secure the border and build the wall to make America safe again. Um, now, anybody, I don't know how much anybody listening to this knows, but we must secure is the beginning of this 14 word. And by the way, this headline is 14 words long. We must uh, secure. I'm going to I'm going to read the quote because it's a, a, a white supreme, essentially like a neo-Nazi um, uh, sort of mantra, uh, which about the security of uh, white people. Um, it's called, they, people refer to it as 14 words. Um, we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. Um, and uh, this has become a, like a kind of a rallying cry and a kind of coded sort of a dog whistle. I mean, this fucking DHS thing is a dog whistle for, I mean, it is literally a fucking neo-Nazi sentiment on an official government website that nods to a white supremacist neo-Nazi motto without any, there's zero fucking question that that is what they're doing. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it is super fucked up. This is super fucked up. Um, and, and the idea that this would be published on, a, I mean, by, so all of this, by the way, this is one little thing, but all of this taken into, like, if you put it into focus, like we're in a really bad place in America. I want to leave. We're I can't in a live re here. really we're in a really bad place and it's fucked up. And I don't really have anything good or fun to say about anything else at this moment because I think that like you know 
this week has been a motherfucker. Um, and it's Thursday. It's Thursday. And we've got a fucking shooting at, um, you know, a newspaper. We don't know how many people are dead. And we've got uh, the DHS releasing white supremacist fucking propaganda literally on their fucking government run website. You know, and by the way, most of America didn't fucking vote these people into office. Most of America doesn't want these people in office. The vast majority of Americans don't agree with these people. That's I really believe that. And so you like it's not just that the government is fucking out of control um, based along, you know, just sort of general partisan governmental lines like, oh, the, the Democrats don't have any power. It's like the people, the American people don't have any power. The people, all of the the more than half of America. And by the way, there were a lot of people who didn't go out to vote at all that would not have voted for for Trump. More than half of the vote voters in America are completely fucking meaningless at I would this also point. say a good portion of the people that did vote for him were, this isn't what they intended and I would I understand we I can have full contempt for them I can be furious with people in my family that voted for him and I am but I do not think that this is what my father intended when he voted for Donald Trump. He thought, like, Hillary Clinton seems like a bitch. Um, he didn't have a ton of information. This guy was talking a little more New York-y, and that was that. And I don't think yeah. this is, like, what he envisioned. So uh, I, well, I was going to come in here after everything that happened last night with me and just, like, talking with John and, like, the level of anxiety I've been at and the, all the Supreme Court decisions. Um, I was going to come in here and say, like, you know what? I've been coming apart at the seams, but we got I'm pulling it together. We got to pull it together. Like, I, I don't want to sit here and talk about like the end of the world. Like we have to we can't live like this. We have to live like in a way that is productive. Um, and I do think that and I do think like, listen, are there shrinking number of ways we're going to get out of this? Is it going to be quick? No. But I do think that like this stuff breaks through and eventually people like my dad or Trump voters that I don't think intended for any of this to happen. There, there has to be a reckoning at some point of for the Republican party. And I don't know what the outcome is, but I, I feel like we, I mean, even you saw the glimmer of hope earlier this week um, when Alexandra Ocasio Cortez was elected uh, who is an openly democratic socialist, um, was elected in Queens to Congress, or wasn't elected, she won the primary and will likely be elected. Um, and that was a glimmer of hope. And it, to me, if you create, if we can create some kind of like unifying other movement to counteract like the fucking complete Nazi insanity that's happening, we have like a shot of pulling something together. Do I think like they're gonna go quietly? No, but like, yeah. <laughs> there's I mean, a shot. I, I was gonna. I wanted to come in here and be hopeful and say yeah. there's a shot. And the, honestly, the thing about hope is that and I think this is like a Catholic thing. Uh, a thing about hope that I do believe it, it, it that it's a practice. And like you, this is the times when you have to like try to pick the thing you're gonna work on and have the hope that it will have some results. And this is when you're being challenged to not like get into complete meltdown mode because yeah. it's not helpful. I mean, listen. I mean, yeah. It's it's it's. It's um, there's not a lot to grab onto when it comes to hope at the moment, you know, and I do, I think one of the things that grinds you down about this stuff and I, and I listen to, did I want to sit here and talk about this? No, but like right now, I don't want to really talk about anything else. What grinds you down about this shit is, is, is you keep hoping for something, right? There to some glimmer of like respite, some glimmer of. Okay, it actually can be better. It actually can change. We want to land like, a punch. 
Just a punch. Yeah, I mean, I'll take. Forget about a punch. I just want a. I just want a little bit of like. Let's find some way to restrain. Like I don't have to hit them. Yeah. I want to restrain them. Yeah. You know, at this point, like push, just push them back. A I mean, little it was bit. like when the travel ban, when like right, that right, stopped. that's it was right. Like, okay. Yes. All right. So somebody is stopping something. Right. But if you know that the highest court in the it, land, if you know the high, if you realize, if you start to believe and see that the highest court in the land, which is what's going to happen, will become completely within, unglued within the control of a one party in this country, which it absolutely will be. There's no question. It is not a, this is not, this is not a nonpartisan thing. This is a partisan thing. There is a way that people vote on the Supreme Court now that definitely falls along specific lines. And, uh, and there's a reason why there are um, think tanks and organizations that are designed in this country to find conservative justices and push them towards the Supreme Court. They've made it a practice in their party to find uh, politically, ideologically, like-minded people and lift them up as hard and fast as possible into the highest court positions in the land. Because at the end of the day, laws are the things that are supposed to check what can be done with power. And if they control the people making the laws and, and judging the laws, as well as the people who put, put the, put the, 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 uh, uh laws forward. Um, yeah. You, Listen, you, you, we, you get into a b- bad place. We did Stonewall once we, we abolished slavery once we, beat the Nazis once like we every generation has had something like this and <laughs> yeah. it does give me hope to think that like yeah okay so it wasn't going to be all gay marriage victory parades at yeah. least like but it pro- wasn't yeah but I think like, that, I, we, that we can do something but I think the problem there is is, is progress is supposed to feel I get that permanent. we've got I get that it's we have to feel permanent. I get that we have setbacks I get that there are things that go this way and go that way and it's like you know but we are talking about things that you think like well okay we put that dumb issue to bed like gay marriage is a good example of one of those things where you're like okay no, and by the way, I think after the fact, I think most Americans, even ones who are like, I don't want these gay people getting married, were kind of like, eh, you know what? I see. I think that's your perspective on it. I do think that there, and RuPaul talks about this a lot, and RuPaul says a lot of questionable things. But one of the things that I do agree with is that these things swing back and forth, and that you can even see in decades, like the 80s were really bad for gay people. The 90s were a little bit better. The 2000s were really bad. The 2010s are a little better. And there's not a clear pattern, but like, gayness in the 60s had uh, real moments of there was like a chance that like free love like there was some kind of discussion was happening stonewall was breaking through things were breaking down a little bit were things great no but like progress was made and then like you know aids crisis comes and basically that's gone and you start over and and I do think that, like, I mean, it's been the same thing with civil rights for uh, minorities. It's been um, one of those things that it, it it's not Listen, it's never gotten where we've eroded things as quickly as we have right now, but yeah, it does give me hope to think that like the Stonewall riot happened once. Like I, I will throw a rock again. Yeah, I, like, but, fuck, but fuck you, you can't throw a rock at a tank, man. You can't throw a rock at a fucking bomb. Sure, I mean, but you know, I, and, and, a, met- and a metaphorical rock. No, I get it, but I mean, we may be talking about real rocks at some point in the near future. I mean, I, I, I would just say that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rain on your hope here. Okay, I'm just saying that, like, what a fucking bad. I mean, week. listen, I'm, what a I'm booking, week. I'm booking my flight to the UK. At, like, we've the decisions, we're pulling the trigger at some point. But I do think that there is like there is hope, and there is like a. That that the fight isn't necessarily like we we you know we don't have to go down at this point where we're right no I mean we can't look at this point I mean we've said this I think we say this all the time we say this every week on this podcast uh, and I'm sure people are fatigued from listening to it if they're if they're listening at all you know voting is right now is the only tool that we have I think left in our arsenal 
We cannot count on we cannot count on uh, anything but representation and to restore some representation of uh, another of the other side of this of this debate. You know, like I think that is. Um, and if you don't think that every fucking vote matters at this point, what is going to get through to no, you? Right. I mean, it, right. That's the thing. What I have to hope is and what I really want to what I really am praying and 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 die, and you know, just like scared to find out about. But hopeful, the place where I am most hopeful is that. If you are, if you just turned 18, if you are 60 years old, whatever your age range that you are, you are eligible to vote and you're not looking at the country and going, now I understand if you're a Republican and you're like, things are going great. I get it. There is a, a large contingency, contingent rather, of Republicans in America who are going to go like, this is great. We love what Trump's doing. That's fine. But I think there are a lot of other people, and I believe in my heart, I actually believe a lot more people who are going to look at it and go, this isn't fine. I don't want this to continue. Even if I don't care that much, I just don't want days of the days of this country to feel the way they feel and for people in this country to feel the way they feel. So I have to believe that come this November and and come November 2020 that uh, there will be something that is triggered in people that lets us get to a better place politically will gerrymandering allow for that to work we'll i mean see. it's got to be you, it has to be overwhelming <laughs> yeah, i, I don't think this can't be this can't be by a this can't be by, by a hair nose, yeah. can't be like oh it's a fit you know 51 50 win 50.5 to you know 49.5 or whatever it needs to be conclusive it needs to be these need to be conclusive which is why i'm hoping that people come out in droves but the thing that's honestly me, at this point i just i would like to see people in this administration be put in jail for human rights abuses. Well, like, sure. It just has to happen. But, we have to make a statement to the rest of the world that this is fucking but crazy. You can't, but you can't do it unless you've got power. And right now, the, the people the people who would do, who would, who would actually, you know, start to change some of this stuff don't have power. And so the, my, my fear there is that the Democrats seem so fucking directionless and so, so caught up in their infighting and so caught up in their inability, particularly with establishment Democrats, to see that something, that there is a more there is a stronger approach that is needed here. I mean, the, the, listen, the, the whole they go low and we go high shit, I'm sorry, like, I just don't, I, I that love That is my, for a more civilized it's time. It's for people who give a shit about you, yeah. who will not put their fucking boot on your neck. These people will put their boot on your neck, and, and not only will they, they want to. They don't care. They need power, and that's all they care about. And so, like, we cannot give them any quarter. And, like, so what I think the thing is, and we did a story this week um, the headline of the story is "Fuck Civility" that Alex Nichols wrote, and the and the and it was around this debate. Of course, people forget on Monday the debate was that Sarah Huckabee Sanders had been asked to leave a restaurant, and Maxine Waters had said, "Make these people uncomfortable wherever they go," by by essentially doing mini protests around them, which people have done this week, by the way, to Jeff Sessions and to and to other people in the in the uh, in the the Trump administration. But like the the, the point of that was like. We cannot – you cannot be John Kerry during the swift boat shit anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. John Kerry, a fucking Vietnam veteran, was running against a guy who hadn't served a fucking day in his life, had not spent any time anywhere fighting for his country. John Kerry is a guy who – look, he's an imperfect dude, but he definitely went and fought in fucking Vietnam for his country. And the Republican, the Republicans hatched an attack against him that was – he's lying about his service. He's lying about this thing that happened. And instead of John Kerry going, hey, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up. I served my country yeah. and you're nothing. You didn't do shit for your country. He said, oh, I'm not going to take the bait. Like 
you don't need to take the bait, but you need to come back fucking swinging. Yeah. And the Democrats, I'll tell you, like, you know, the Democrat, the establishment Democrats, fucking Chuck Schumer, these people, Bill Clinton saying he agrees with the way Sarah Sanders handled this thing. The fucking um, Chuck Schumer chastising people in his own party. That's not the way you come back swinging. Fucking and honestly, honestly, just the fucking statements from uh, the Dem establishment after Alexandra uh, Cortez's uh, election like that was I, I the whole like this isn't indicative of anything. Blah, 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 blah. Like uh, the idea that there's just a complete blindness that things are different or that like any uh, any we have to take any sort of different tact that like that that uh the idea that like Sarah Huckabee Sanders is an uh, is a government official, so we all need to treat her with respect. Like, where are you coming from? I mean, are the, you awake? I mean, wake up. The idea that the idea that okay, and it's like, listen, I am I am not like a hard line fucking hard left. Like, I mean, by the way, I'm I'm I believe in fucking the hard left shit more than anybody. But like, I'm not like oh like fuck you, Hillary. I'm not for running. Bernie or bust, yeah, 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 but yeah. I do agree with socialism. Right, that's right. what we mean. I, I, I agree. I, I'm the same page as you. I, I, I and and I think that like you know like uh, my opinion on a person like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer is like you could be helpful or you can be hurtful, and it's a depend. It depends on how you fucking position yourself here. And they have positioned, sometimes you don't say anything. They position themselves as hurtful to the overall. Like here's the thing that matters. What actually matters is that you guys come to the fucking table together and figure this shit out because you don't suddenly you're not going to just remove every establishment Democrat and you're not also going to have every uh, much more f like far left hardcore um, entrant be able to win. But the combination of the two could be really fucking powerful. Yeah. And like all I'm all I want is for those guys combination to do, of the two is Elizabeth Warren. Do what the fucking Republicans do. OK. Mitch McConnell is a is a fucking regular ass conservative, but he'll do whatever the fuck the party tells him to do mm -hmm. if it means they can win, which is why he is, you know, I'm not saying Mitch McConnell's a good guy, but most of these fucking, you know, these fucking gray hair. he has hair, the ear to the floor for his own yeah, base. Most of these fucking gray hair motherfuckers in the Republican Party are basic, regular ass conservative politicians. They just want to hold their fucking seat. Yeah. And get paid by their lobbyists and just do whatever their fucking their their hometown base Custom wants. ribbons and whatever. Yeah, you know, but Trump and they didn't like Trump. They don't fucking like Trump. But they were like, oh, shit, all these people like Trump and Trump could help us win. And they're like, whatever you want, Mr. Trump. Like people on the, in the fucking Democratic Party need to be a little bit more like, hey, what's the fucking groundswell here? Where's, Where's their the energy? energy? Where's the fucking energy? And let's grab onto that shit mm -hmm. and fucking prop it up and promote it as hard as possible. Because what they need now more than ever is not 60-year-old fucking suburbans. Listen, those people didn't want Obama. It took Obama doing a real grassroots campaign I mean, where they were everybody. knocking on doors. You, you want everybody. Because I don't think the people who are hard, who are look. But Obama wasn't even far left. They didn't want him. But your typical white suburban Democrat voter is not going to be like, no, this is this person's too radical for me. Yeah. And switch to Republican. Yeah. That's not the direction they're no. going to go in. They're going to be like, well, I don't agree with some of the stuff he says, but I'm a Democrat. That's what Republicans do. They're like, I'm a fucking Republican. You know, so don't worry about those people. Worry about the people that you don't have. Yeah. Which is a lot of motherfuckers, you know, and it's like make it so your party can win these elections, not by a fucking nose, but by an entire fucking body, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I think that like what we need and this is the place where I get really concerned is that I feel the establishment Democrats. I'm not saying that the hard left 
that is now Let's the insurgent, the the insurgent the, yeah. part of the party is not like is is perfect. It's I even, not. I, I don't even think they're fully prepared. And everybody's like, Bernie would have won. Bernie wouldn't have won, or he would have had just as hard a time. I mean, maybe not just as hard because he's a white man, but Bernie has his own challenges. Okay, there is no slam dunk. What I'll tell you, what would have been a slam dunk? Hillary and Bernie. Yeah. Which is what they fucking should have done. I can't. I can't. Which is what they fucking should have done. Which, which I'm sorry, Bernie, I can't believe, because they didn't like each other. Bernie, they didn't want to have the I'm sorry, Bernie should have put Bernie his, wasn't very nice. Bernie should have put his fucking hat in his hands and said, "All right, I'm not going to fight with you on this." Hillary should have said, "You fucking did some amazing shit, and we need that." I think in this Bernie party. had a huge ego, and Hillary had contempt for. They him. both have, look. They both have egos. Nobody runs for president unless course, they're an course, egotistical fucking maniac. But the point is, the point is. That's what the party needs is for Hillary and Bernie to join forces. Yeah. Basically, like, I'm sorry that I'm no, I know the Chapo guys don't want to hear this and the fucking um, Wonkat people don't want to hear this. But what you actually need is for all these motherfuckers who basically do want the same thing. Look, Hillary said some bad shit. She's done some bad shit. You don't like it. I get it. But she's done some good shit, too. She's not a complete we're not piece in of, the we're not in the fucking zone to talk about shit from 1992. Like but, we are in but, Nazi but, territory. But even more so. Right. Than that. It's like, forget about, you don't like Hillary. I get it. I get it. The motherfuckers in power are way worse than Hillary. Yeah. And you don't want to believe that? That's fine. You're stupid if you don't believe that. You're actually a dumb person if you don't. If you think there is an equivalent between what Donald Trump is doing and what Hillary would do in power, you are an actually stupid person. And there's nothing else to say. I'm sorry. But I'm not saying Bernie would have been a bad president. I'm not saying Hillary would have been the best president. I'm just saying no. consider the fucking alternative for a second. Get together. Work your shit yeah, out. And, and this come, isn't about renegotiating 2016. It's about get it together now. Come to the table as a unified front and beat the shit out of the right wing party in this country because they are taking us to a dark place. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all I'm asking. Now I'm done ranting. Yeah. Justice League, work your shit out because the apocalypse I mean, is forget, coming. Forget about the Justice League. It's like <laughs> Iron Man and uh, uh, Captain America. Yeah, guys, ones with, guys, could you figure it out? I mean, is, it, is there a parallel? Guy's got all the... Like Captain America is like a libertarian or something and Iron Man is a fucking... Opposite, but yes. He's a conservative. I don't know what they are. Opposite, what, but yes. I don't know. What is... What is uh, who's, which one is what? Uh, uh, Captain America is uh, more libertarian and okay. Iron Man's more a little author authoritarian. Oh, whatever. Threat. It's like, but you know, they got to come together to defeat um, Thanos. He's got his fucking he's got his fucking gem collection. I, I don't want to. I'm not he's comparing. He's bedazzling I'm not, shit. I, I'm, not guys. I'm not comparing. But here, actually, it's funny to think about. You're not comparing Trump to Thanos because I, I am. hate to do it. But when Thanos, I haven't seen the movie yet. But what I understand is when Thanos gets all of the Infinity Rings, or Infinity yeah. Stones. Sorry, the Infinity Stones. And puts, them, stones. and puts them in his Infinity Gauntlet, which is what it's called, right? Because fucking comics are insanely stupid. Yeah. Uh, he can then destroy the world, right? You well, guess what? That's like Trump getting all three branches of the fucking government, man. Yeah. Wake up, sheeple. God, okay, I've been screaming for like a half an hour now. I need to definitely, we need to end this segment <laughs> of the... Okay, listen, here's the deal. Let's end on a one, you know what? Actually, one other thing. In from, from screen, since screaming, I actually feel a lot better. This is like scream therapy. Scream therapy. I actually feel like, you know what? We're going to pull this off, guys. Let's just get the Chapos and the, and the Wonkets together. And just I would actually love this Chapo, podcast like, I want to get a couple of them together. And, I want and... Chapo and Wonkat people to fuck. How do we make it happen? Yeah, I want them on this podcast to have to to have to play uh, uh, uh spin the bottle. Oh my god, that's seven minutes. Like, seven minutes in heaven. That sounds like a lot of fun. Seven minutes intolerance of one another. That's all I'm asking for. Okay, guys, you're actually you're actually mostly on the same page. Give give each other the same respect Mitch McConnell gives real life Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mitch McConnell is like, he's like, well, I'm a, a good old Southern Democrat or Southern Republican, but but I guess you guys are all right. 
Oh, I don't know if he talks you got like some that. Cool hair, Richard yeah, Spencer. Yeah, whatever. He's like, whatever. I don't, I don't know. know. He's it's like a, it's a, some kind of turtle. This voice. is not a good. Yurtle yeah, the, Yurtle the evil I don't even turtle. know where the fuck is Mitch McConnell from. I don't even remember. Who knows? The, oh, I know where, where he's is he from. from originally? He's from um, a laboratory that exploded <laughs> that was trying to synthesize pure evil. They're like, yeah, they're like, and they uh, made a turtle. <laughs> anyhow. anyhow. Uh, so here's the deal. He's from uh, Alabama, of course. Bama, one of the worst places for uh, civil rights in the world. Um, one of the worst places for isn't human rights. Isn't it like, I was going to say, rights. like, no, isn't it's it very bad. from like a public services and income inequality perspective part of the developing world? Or, I don't know. I, I don't know. That? But listen, I listen. Mean, the U.S. is now officially number 10 on the most dangerous places for women to live. There also. you go. There you go, <laughs> motherfucker. Alabama have being a nice number night, one Wendy. wouldn't be, <laughs> Get it together. Wouldn't be uh, a surprise to me. All right. I have one final question yeah, for you. Yep. Um, don't do it. You're going to do it, aren't you? You're going to use the BlackBerry key, too. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and in other news, uh, yeah, I got I got sent the new BlackBerry. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even I look at you. I wrote about it. Fuck off. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what it didn't do is fix this country. It wasn't a, there wasn't a keyboard I was like, shortcut I was like, I was like, I'm not going to write a review of this thing, actually. And then I was like, oh, I could do, like, cards on it. A little slideshow. I did, like, cards. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, what do I have to say about a battery of a phone? But like, it's long. Yeah, the data I card. read it. I read. I read every. Card. It should take about thirty seconds. I hope 40, 5, 45 seconds max. You said this is okay. Whatever. Whatever. Keyboards are slow. I the need. I need. Great. Here's what I found is actually in these trying times is that what is really good for me is to tinker with something. Mm -hmm. And so I spent like a week tinkering. Like built the computer the other day. Yeah, exactly. PC what, update. I was just talking to you about this. I, when I soldered my keyboard, the last keyboard that I built, I was like, this was like unadulterated focus. Like I just didn't yeah. think about anything else. And I think like what was good about the getting the BlackBerry was like. Uh, uh, I'm gonna fuck with this phone and like not it, like when I feel stressed out I'm just gonna pick up the phone and fuck with it, mm -hmm. which is like it actually is pretty good The phone is don't buy it. You don't need it. It's whatever. I mean unless you want a blackberry I, I, I get a little fidgety So I originally what I toy. what I actually wanted to do when I got it was like let's do a photo Essay of me and I would like wear like an 80s businessman outfit and shave my beard into a goatee <laughs> And wear like and be like an 80s or early 90s businessman yeah, early 90s And there'd be like pictures of me like hailing a cab with like a raincoat over my arm <laughs> and like pictures of me checking like a gold watch and like whatever so got American what, Airlines yeah, tickets. whatever, bus whatever tickets. businessmen do, you know, it would be like my like I was like a high powered business person, uh, but then uh, you know we didn't have time for that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you're going through a Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going through a Rolodex, you know, like a a page put paging. Uh, you know, uh, uh, my assistant. You Click know, like, Winton. You know, Winton. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you uh, at your desk? Anyhow, but um, but I didn't I didn't do that. So yeah, I don't know. It's like it's a phone. You know, it has a keyboard. You don't need the keyboard. The, 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 you want to get a good phone, get the Pixel. Get it, whatever Google is making. The Pixel, Pixel Two. They're great phones. Yeah. When you're a Pixel user, do you love it? Yes. Okay, there you go. Great fucking camera. I did, by the way, I did a portrait shot of Elias Rothblatt, our COO, I which, which I didn't tell him I would use and frankly didn't know I was going to use, but it was such a stark comparison I had to. And, uh, yeah, man, that camera is dope on the Pixel. I also took all of the pictures that I took of the of the pic, of the the BlackBerry with the Pixel that are in the piece. Huh. So, a little fuck you to everybody. A little, a little meta commentary there. Anyhow, all right, we got to look. We have a guest uh, who is going to give us some, I mean, look, it's we're in a very depressed state right now and we're very sad, but... Uh, we have uh, Pema Levy who's joining us uh, from Mother Jones who's going to give us some insight uh, and help us understand um, what is happening with the Supreme Court right now, which is obviously part of this huge nightmare that we're living in. But before we get to that, we have an ask for you, a favor you can do the show since we... 
do no one else favors. Um, if you enjoy the show, please go to theoutline.com slash tomorrow survey. It's just a short survey so we can figure out who the audience is so we can monetize and um, hopefully keep bringing you shows. So that's theoutline.com slash tomorrow survey. Wow. This is going to be a good episode to for you guys to, to tee off of. My guess is a lot of the uh, comments will be like, Stop fucking yelling about politics. More PlayStation. Uh, less Gorsuch. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Anyhow, um, but yes, please do that. Uh, Theoutline.com slash tomorrow survey. And, uh, and uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to get some info on you guys. I'm doing it right now, actually, because I haven't seen it yet. This is good. Oh, yeah. This is fucking awesome. So take a minute to go do that, and then we'll be back in one minute. <laughs> I like that on number four, which is what describes your education, I have to uh, list it uh, less than high school, which is very cool. Um, anyhow, yes, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with uh, Pema Levy from Mother Jones. So stick around. What happens if you play Monopoly with real money? You've got to pay the piper. Okay, let's the pay, the day, pay the piper. There are no free lunches in this completely reinvented game of Monopoly. What does space sound like? What happens when you overwork yourself? Do you believe that work-related stress has increased? It reflects the fact of how little value we place on the well-being of human beings. The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a new story on the theme of power, power culture, culture, or the, the future. future. Handpicked from theoutline.com. Find us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, your Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, or wherever you download your podcasts. Also, you can say, okay, Google, play me the news, and we're right there. Oh my God, yeah! Make your mornings a little weirder. Okay. Our guest today is Pema Levy. She is a politics reporter at Mother Jones and is undoubtedly extremely busy this week, uh, given the fact that all hell is breaking loose. Uh, Pema, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, so we, I mean, I think we have to and are going to talk a lot about what is happening in the courts right now, the Supreme Court, obviously, particularly. Um, and, and, and I'm hoping you can shed some light on, I don't know if I have confusion, but I certainly have concerns. Um, but this week was interesting because we had like kind of rapid fire. We've had, I think now our fourth Supreme court decision that just came down today. Is that right? Am I, uh, on gerrymandering? Was that today or was that yesterday? There was an additional sort of, uh, last minute orders. The court's term actually ended on Wednesday, but then they sort of did a little bit of bookkeeping, bookkeeping um today and so there was a one final gerrymandering uh decision that that did come down here right and so this week so this week we've had um there's a uh, there was a, a ruling on um uh this sort of abortion clinic um question which you know was it was and and, and feel free to to i'll maybe explain it the wrong way but my understanding is that um in in uh, california uh, you essentially had to, if you were not a licensed sort of abortion clinic or sorry, Planned Parenthood or something like that, if you were actually not 
uh, some kind of accredited or licensed clinically, you had to you had to tell people or you had to tell them that you had a license. And this this ruling was about essentially now like you don't have to produce or provide any um, clarification about whether or not you are a licensed um, clinic. Is that is am I getting that right? Yeah. So the the, the context here is that there are uh, clinics you could say all over the country that are um, what are called crisis pregnancy centers. And it kind of sounds like they're the kind of place you would go if you were pregnant and you thought you might want an abortion or you might want some counseling. But what these crisis pregnancy centers are actually there for uh, is to convince women not to get abortions. Uh, so women will often go there seeking help finding an abortion and instead basically receive religious counseling telling them right. not to get an abortion and not actually giving them accurate medical information. So what California was trying to do when they uh, uh, passed this law that the court just overturned was to try to make sure that women who ended up in these crisis pregnancy centers were actually getting information if they wanted to pursue the option of abortion. Uh, and so what the court said was that this violates the, the First Amendment rights uh, of these centers and, and the people there, and that they don't actually have to uh, give women uh, the information they need should they want to pursue an abortion at a different uh, actual clinic. Right, so, so essentially um, pro-life institutions are kind of running these clinics that are, uh, feels like, oh, okay, I'm pregnant and I don't know what to do and I need to go talk to, you know, go to a clinic. You go in and instead of saying, okay, here are your options, you know, one is abortion, one is adoption, blah, blah, blah. They're like, don't do it, please. Here's some religious uh, folks to talk to you about or whatever. They're like so, conversion therapy yeah, they're, but for right, pregnant women. Right. So now, so that's, so that's <laughs> now the Supreme Court has ruled that it's, it, it's uh, unconstitutional uh, to tell people that you are not that type of clinic, right? So that was one ruling. Right. Uh, then there was um, the, of course, the travel ban ruling, which the, the, the Supreme Court has up has now upheld Trump's third attempt at a travel ban, um, which I think a lot of people know is the Muslim ban. Uh, can you give a little bit of color around that, a little context around that, just so, just for people who I don't know who would be listening or who in, in lives in the world right now that isn't aware of this, but just a little bit of like the encapsulation of what that means. Totally. Yeah, I can. So basically what it means is that, let's see, first, there are about 150 million people, almost all of them Muslims, who are affected by the travel ban, and they will continue to be affected by it. Uh, and also, there's no, you know, there are, I think, seven countries right now that are included in, on this list, but there's no reason it can't be more or less in the future. So, you know, I say 150 million now could be more or less uh, at any time in the future. Uh, basically, this was a case about two different things. One of them was about presidential power. You know, how much power does the president have when it comes to immigration and national security to just stop different people, people from different countries from entering? Uh, and then there was a second piece of it, which, which was about the Constitution, and which basically said, because of the president's comments about Muslims, about calling for a you know, total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the country, you know, tweeting anti-Islam, Islamic propaganda. Uh, do those things color what he has done in this travel ban? And does that therefore violate the First Amendment rights of Muslims? And what the court said is, one, the president does have the authority to do this. And two, we're not really going to consider uh, his comments or take on this uh, question of whether or not people's First Amendment rights have been violated. And and um, so with this one, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. But in terms of presidential power, what this means is that given 
whatever reason the president might have. I mean, I, there's no test as far as I can tell, and maybe you, you'll tell me otherwise. There's no, like, bar that has to be met. But if tomorrow Trump wakes up and he says, well, all people from uh, Israel should be banned from coming into the country, or all people from uh, uh, Germany should be banned from coming into the country because I'm worried that they might be terrorists, is that now, like, he can just do that? There's just nothing, there's no, um, there's no way to stop that from just going right into, into action? We're pretty close to that. Uh, the court basically said, you need to give us some sort of national security reason, right? So someone, you know, if you can tweet out from now on, everyone from Israel is banned, but then get one of your national security advisors, advisors to write up a memo, say that there's a reason, you know, put some window dressing on it so that it looks legitimate. But right. as long as you've got that window dressing, you can go ahead and do whatever you want. Right. And actually, the fact that you mentioned Israel is interesting because that actually came up during oral, oral arguments. Um, Elena Kagan, Justice Kagan said, um, you know, what if you have a really anti-Semitic president who's saying all these horrible things about Jews and then tries to ban folks from Israel, but they have some official nas national security reason? And the uh, lawyer for the government said, yeah, that's OK. And I think that in their uh, decision this week, the Supreme Court agreed and they said, yeah, as long as you can come up with a reason that's not bias, <laughs> you can go ahead and also express that bias and we're going to approve your your uh, ban. Yeah. I mean, so un unbelievable precedent. I mean, to me, this seems like completely uh, like mind exploding from my perspective. Like it, it feels like um, some, some a power the president alone should not hold. And I understand the idea that you'd get Oh, a national security advisor, whoever. But like it doesn't there was no official like it must meet this bar. Right. So it's like it could essentially be a memo from, you know, Jeff Sessions saying we think Israel might be a threat. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, it could be anything. And everything that they've said during any run up to being elected is completely disregarded. So you could spend the whole time saying this is your reason, which is what happened. And then when you get in there, just, you know, well, what, what is it? Uh, I'm, I'm curious, what is the argument for disregarding his comments that are has uh, had obviously been made publicly time and time again? The argument is basically that we don't want to we don't want to try and learn what some what is in someone's soul. Right. That That's basically sometimes. Well. Let me back up. There's a couple of things. Basically, the Supreme Court doesn't really want to go into these comments and look at them. So as long as you can give them a reason not to, then they won't won't do it. So they basically adopted a standard of as long as you give us an official reason that isn't I don't like Muslims or I don't like Jews or I don't like whatever group, um, then we won't really delve into that into your comments. We'll just take your official reason um, at face value, and we'll stay within the four corners of that document. Uh, and the reason we'll do that is because you have such sweeping powers under immigration and national security, um, which, by the way, have been greatly bolstered by this argument. It, it was not at all clear that the president had the power to uh, block people based on their nationality. In fact, there's a provision of the Immigration and Nationality Act, which says that you cannot ban people based on the country of, um, to which they're a citizen. And if you guys re remember, uh, that was the whole reason that Sally Yates uh, was fired, uh, you know, in the first uh, week or so of the Trump administration, because she said, I can't enforce this order. I don't think it's legal. Right. Um, and she was talking specifically about that provision of the law. So the Supreme Court had to interpret 
a provision of our immigration laws that say you can't ban people on the basis of a nationality to essentially allow the president to so, do just that. So and, and are those and now are those at odds in, in a way that is makes this harder to enforce or 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 does that does this ruling erase the validity of that previous of that previous law or previous sort of position? It certainly weakens it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it definitely weakens it, right? It basically says, well, if you have a national security concern, if you believe that this group of people is going to be detrimental to the United States, then you can go ahead and ban them. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see subsequently what happens um, to that uh, provision of um, our laws. I mean, this was something that was in there because we have a history of banning people from certain countries, right? We had the Chinese Exclusion Act, for example. We have a history of doing this and it was put there to not do it. And it does certainly feel like the Supreme Court has opened the door again um, to allowing to allowing banning people based on on exact the country that they come from. What is the recourse like if the Supreme Court gets it um, sort of almost like outside of the law objectively wrong? For example, like in the Korematsu case, what is there any recourse for us to in the future like? deal with this fact, or if the Supreme Court were on a completely different topic to overturn Roe v. Wade, what is the recourse for, like, people in general who aren't lawyers and aren't bringing cases? Like, is it just vote? Is that the answer? Yeah, I would think so. So there are a couple of things. When the Supreme Court makes law based on interpreting the Constitution, that's the law. <laughs> and the only people that can undo that are the justices themselves in a subsequent ruling. Uh, but when the justices make a decision that is interpreting a statute, meaning they're interpreting something that Congress has done, they're basically trying to say, we think this is where Congress is going. And so, you know, that we're going to come down in this this way or that way. Uh, and that's what they did in the travel ban case. So when, when it comes to the travel ban, um, Congress could, this Congress certainly couldn't, but another Congress could say, you know what, we, we really didn't mean to give the president this much authority when it comes to immigration and national security. So we're gonna rein that in. Uh, so, you know, we're gonna basically change the law to overturn the travel ban decision. So, um, so th that in theory, that that could happen down so, the road. So the, so, the, so the ruling on the abortion clinics as a free speech issue is actually much more permanent than uh, something like the travel ban potentially. Yeah, because that was a constitutional ruling. I mean, it's funny, the way that we do constitutional law in the United States, Nothing feels super permanent because everything will then be interpreted and sort of modified and evolve as litigation continues and as issues continue to come before the Supreme Court. Uh, we sort of have, a, you know, constitutional law in this country is ever changing. Uh, but yes, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot more you can do when the Supreme Court uh, changes a statute or, you know, interprets a statute one way or another versus when they make a ruling based on what they think the Constitution says. Right. So, okay. So then there is, so I'll just again quickly speed through this because I want to talk about the kind of the bigger, the bigger topic here at hand. So, so there was also uh, a ruling on um, whether or not unions could, whether or not there would be sort of mandatory union fees for workers. Um, that was struck down or, or that has been taken off the table. So now there are uh, unions basically can't ask for, I mean, you can explain this better than I can probably, but unions can't ask for fees from, uh, from workers. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So this is affecting public sector unions. Uh, and it basically, uh, said that you can't, um, basically, <laughs> um, you 
basically it said if you know if you don't disagree with with the politics of the union you don't have to to pay union dues um and you know the effect of this is that public sector unions are not going to have as much money at all they're going to have way less money um so you know on the one hand you know republicans have been targeting unions public and private for a long time so this is a big win on that level um but this is also one of those decisions that could cause a lot of chaos uh because you know the the ability of unions to negotiate on behalf of uh, workers, for example, you know, public school teachers, for example, um, really undergirds a lot of uh, equanimity and um, contracts um, that are in effect right now. It, it sort of has created this sort of stable environment in in government, and so I think that this de uh, decision adds a lot of uncertainty to how unions are going to act, to how contracts are going to be negotiated. Um, there could be a lot of upheaval, upheaval at the local level. So that, and then there's the gerrymandering uh, ruling, which, which essentially, um, it basically does not roll back what is considered to be uh, uh, sort of tampering, sort of, I mean, uh, tampering with maps in order to dis disenfranchise and disadvantage minority voters, right? Is that, is that the right summing up of that concept? Yeah. So if I could just quickly, there are sort of two kinds of gerrymandering that the court dealt with this term. One of them is racial gerrymandering, which is not, is which is both illegal and unconstitutional. You're not supposed to um, you know, use race in a way that disadvantages um, minority voters in redistricting. The other one is partisan gerrymandering, right? So the question is, can you use people's political affiliation to draw maps that will then disadvantage one uh, political party? Um, on racial gerrymandering, there was a case out of Texas in which the court said, basically, they basically kind of let the state of Texas off the hook. Um, Texas has a history in recent years of intentionally discriminating against minorities, and yet the court decided that they didn't see any uh, discrimination there, and they uh, went ahead and let Texas maintain its uh, current maps for the most part. Um, the other cases were partisan gerrymandering, and the court punted on those issues and basically said, yeah, go ahead and keep doing partisan gerrymandering for the time being. We're not going to rein you in. And of course, the elephant in the room here is that uh, Justice Kennedy announced his retirement and Justice Kennedy was the only conservative on the court that was likely to want to address the problem of partisan gerrymandering. And so I cannot say I'm hopeful uh, in the future that the court will rein in that practice, which has become incredibly uh, disruptive to democracy. Right. OK, so and then I think this is a good segue to the to the kind of icing on the cake or the cherry on the the whipped cream or whatever, whatever kind of shit Sunday. Shit we've Sunday. Been, yeah, that we've been enjoying this week, <laughs> which is that uh, that Kennedy is retiring. Um, which means that Trump will have an opportunity and will absolutely take the opportunity to appoint uh, a much more conservative, I assume, much more uh, hard right leaning um, justice to the Supreme Court, thus essentially ensuring that any law that does not lean, no, that any law that pushes back against sort of conservative ideals or desires or any law that the conservatives hope to push through to the Supreme Court is is like a slam dunk for them. Would you say that that is correct? Yeah, I think I would modify that a little bit. Um, I would say this. Justice Kennedy was a conservative. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. Yeah. Uh, but he had a soft spot for um, preserving laws that protected minorities against discrimination. 
and he was not comfortable um, outlawing abortion. He was he did not want to overturn Roe versus Wade. Right. And so there are some areas in which Kennedy made his mark. Um, one of them was on gay marriage, for example. Um, one of them was on preserving abortion, the right to abortion, although he certainly uh, helps that right shrink in recent years. Um, and the other one are laws that um, fight discrimination for minorities. Um, talking about, uh, I'm talking about in particular affirmative action and um, one key law, which is the Fair Housing Act. Um, he actually helped preserve um, the most important part of that law recently, which um, allows minorities to fight uh, segregation, basically. Uh, those are all things that he preserved on a 5-4 basis. <laughs> right. uh, and I, I do not believe that the Republicans are going to pick someone who, uh, who wants to preserve those things. Right. Like, like Gorsuch, uh, the, am I saying that right? I think I am. Um, would the, the, the last appointee, the latest appointee, would, would most likely not. I mean, can we, can we, I mean, I know we can't know what's in his mind and heart, but he seems to take a much harder line approach uh based yeah, based yeah, on what I i've read of, right. of his past sort of um uh rulings uh, prior to the prior to the supreme court because he's he's kind of like this is his uh i mean this week has been you know his coming out in a way like there there have been uh, what one or two maybe before this that he's participated in am i i could be mistaken on that but it feels like this was like the week that he really sh showed his stuff yeah, I mean, Justice Gorsuch is, is very conservative, and there's uh, nothing in his record that would indicate that he would hesitate to, um, you know, for example, end affirmative action in higher education or uh, maintain access to abortion or uh, preserve uh, gay rights. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> right. So how bad is this? Yeah, like, like how far are we, like, T-minus until, like, Gay marriage is gone. Roe versus Wade is overturned, and I book a plane ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, what, let's get like. I mean, I think because I'm, I immediately go into a very, I go to a very dark place. Yeah, where, I go to Gilead fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so, can you tell us? And I, and I recognize that you know you don't have the final word on this, but I feel like you're smarter about this than I am. <laughs> Give me some perspective. How bad is this for like? And I'm going to use the word progressivism, but I'm basically thinking of that in the clear, in the most like human rights. Yeah. Like, like how, because when I think about major rulings of the courts that have been positive, gay marriage is of course a perfect example. I just think, oh, like, you know, we're, we're becoming a more progressive, more open-minded, more sort of like understanding country in many ways that, uh, that kind of ruling pushes us forward. What we see most from Trump, forget about the trade stuff for a second and the, you know, his meeting with with uh, Kim Jong-un or whatever. What we see mostly from Trump and hear mostly from Trump and what we see in his policies is a kind of discriminatory, anti-human rights sort of stance and certainly uh, an anti-immigrant, anti-people of color, anti-disenfranchised people sort of stance. So how bad, how much worse does it get now? And how, like, how bad is this for real? Yeah, I'm, uh, if you care about things like gay rights, access to abortion, um, racial equality. I don't think it's very good. I think I think it's bad news. I think there's been a lot of talk, for example, of overturning uh, the recent case Obergefell, uh, which uh, legalized uh, same-sex marriage, and overturning Roe v. Wade. I don't know if those decisions will be outright overturned or whether or not they will simply be so substantially weakened as to mean that those rights are not full rights anymore. Uh, like the like but the wedding either way, case. Sure. I mean, that was really narrow, but 
take thing. take abortion for example you know they could overturn roe v wade or they could say you know due to uh advances in medicine we now think that you know the fetus is more important than you know basically roe v white said there's a balance right they said there's the mother's decision to keep her or end her pregnancy and then there's the interest in the state of preserving the fetus and roe put that line at viability right so you have a right to an abortion until the the fetus is viable until it can live outside the womb and then the state can decide uh and that's the world we live in right now they could say let's move that line back from viability to a heartbeat so that's say six weeks a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Um, right. You know, that, that would basically. I mean, that's, that's extremely early. Like that is like, uh, I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, they could draw the line anywhere. They could say, you know, uh, you don't have to have, you know, it's technically legal, but states don't have, there doesn't need to be a clinic in every state. They could say, they could do a lot of things that basically mean you have to fly to California or New York in order to get an abortion um, without outright overturning Roe. Or you know what? A lot of people on the Supreme Court and a lot of conservatives have been waiting 40 years to overturn Roe. They might just go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, you can imagine the same thing on on gay marriage uh, and and gay rights in other ways. You know, it, people don't realize, but people who um, are not straight <laughs> uh, don't have as many rights. They can be fired for being, um, you know, for choosing to marry someone of the same sex, for example. Uh, and we were moving toward changing that there have been a few courts who have said no you, you can't actually fire people because of their sexual orientation um i see that that movement stopping now um and you know they could totally modify you know access to um to to, to marriage for same-sex couples or say sure you can get married but you the state doesn't have to give you any benefits for right. example and the you, state you doesn't have to recognize it and stuff like that right and is, would you say right that, right and would you say that um uh well I mean, I was going to ask, like, what are the driving factors? I mean, obviously, in the, with the pro-life movement, we know that religion is sort of the driving factor there. Um, you know, when it comes to gay marriage, I would assume, again, there's I mean, the, the pushback is is of a largely religious um, uh, sort of uh, yeah. type. You know, <laughs> is is this I mean, is this are we going to be doing this? Is this like is that? Is that the focus? Will that be the focus? Do you think for these groups now? Like, is it going to be a relentless? I mean, I would assume for pro for the pro lifers, it is going to be, in, you know, an increased pressure to get Roe v. Wade rolled back as far as possible. Um, gay marriage is that is that really going to be a topic they take up at this point? And does it seem like it's been that disruptive? Do they are, they, are people still pissed off about it? Like, I don't, I don't feel that or see it anywhere. I definitely see pro life. Yeah, I think that these both will be back on the table. I mean, you know, we, when you, when you sort of, you've, you've sort of said the words like these groups or something, it doesn't, it takes one person to file a lawsuit somewhere. And then it takes four justices on the Supreme court to decide to take that case up. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like some, someone out there is saying you do this and you do this and you do this. Obviously there's a lot of strategy that goes into, you know, some groups have a lot of strategy, um, you know, on both sides of the aisle, you know, the ACLU will pick their cases and, you know, conservative groups will pick their cases and they're trying to change the law by filing these cases. Um, you know, but yeah, sure. There will be cases about, um, you know, adoption, about services for gay people. All of those things will bring myriad opportunities to the court to roll back, right. um, uh, gay rights, same for abortion. Um, and, you know, these these cases are always percolating. Uh, and now that people, uh, now that conservatives 
are going to have a very conservative uh, Supreme Court, they'll just keep appealing these decisions all the way up. Right. Okay. So what? So what happened? Like, what can be done? I mean, what do we do now? Like, for people who are freaking the fuck out, which is pretty much every person that I know, and anybody who's even like slightly, even centrists are like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, like, what is? What happens now? What can stop this? What can change this? What are people like, in your opinion, and 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 like, you know, professionally, personally, like, what are things that can happen now uh, to alter what is a what it looks like to me a very dark future for for the country? <laughs> it's hard when you ask a journalist for like activist advice right. here, no, but no, no, I mean, no, no, basically, no. I would I mean, say like, that there about, is. Forget about <laughs> activist advice for a second. Forget about that. <laughs> for, like, what are the things that could happen that would change? Don't even give me your. I don't need activist. But like, like, if there was a blue wave, sure. does that affect things? Yeah. If like, if we, what can be what can be changed? What would need to be changed to change the state of this court and to move back towards some balance in the court? Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, there there are three branches of government here. Um, right now, they're all controlled by Republicans, or in the case of the court, Republican appointees. It's going to be hard to change that with the Supreme Court um, in in the near term, possibly for a generation. Um, but the other branches of government are elected every two, four, six years. Uh, so, you know, if you have a Congress that wants to make sure there's access to abortion, um, you know, a conservative Supreme Court might endanger that on some level but to be honest it's tricky right i mean even a cons the supreme court as an institution overall tries not to veer too far from where the political will of the country is um i'm not saying it can't happen the supreme court can do whatever it wants but um you know if the supreme court sees public opinion going in one direction or another uh they are not going to try and sort of jump in the opposite uh direction for the most part um, you know, on some level, I, I don't know. That's what's so tricky about this, um, if I'm being honest with you guys, because right now, you know, support for Roe v. Wade and, and abortion rights are really at an all-time high. Uh, same for same-sex marriage. At the same time, you have a court that um, is a, more opposed to them than, or we will have a court that is that will be more opposed to those rights um, than the court has been in in decades. And so I think on some level, we're looking at a political experiment right now and how those two things interact. If the court is in one area and then the, the public is in a, in a very different area on these issues. But certainly, you know, Congress can make laws um, about all of these things and they can move the ball forward uh, and, and the president can as well. So is there, in your opinion, is there, should I be panicking? Like how panicked should I be? Like, and you can give me your personal opinion as well. I mean, I, let me, I'm going to put it this way. Roe v. Wade came down in 1973. So for, I'm bad at math, but for more than 40 years, <laughs> um, the conservatives have been mobilizing around that case. They have been trying to get a conservative majority on the Supreme Court that will overturn that case because they don't like it. <laughs> um, and it's been a long haul. And they've gotten a lot of political wins along the way. I mean, being mobilized around that issue has meant, you know, the election of presidents and Congresses. I mean, it turns people out to vote. They might soon be that dog that caught the car, right? They might soon get what they want. And the question is whether or not this flips and, and progressives spend 40 years trying to move the court back to a place where they can preserve access to abortion for all Americans. Um, 
and there might be political victory that comes with that. Um, there might not. <laughs> it doesn't feel <laughs> like we have after 40 It is years, possible. It doesn't feel like after... if, if Republicans just wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, it might be progressives turn. But do you really think we have we do you really think after 40 years of of abortion being a, a right that women had in this country that we go back and it's like, oh, OK, well, we'll go fight it in the courts. I mean, doesn't it feel like there's I mean, and I'm, this is again, I mean, I'm just speculating. But to me, it feels like ripping a right away from women in this country overnight. You know, if it does happen, I understand they've been working on it for 40 years, but for 40 years they fucking failed. So now it's like, oh, you can do it. That doesn't feel like it's going to be a real quiet moment in American history. Oh, I certainly don't think it will be quiet. And I think you raise a good point. It's really hard to take rights away from people, right? So whether or not they'll completely overturn it or not, I don't know. Um, but I don't think they've been actually failing until now. Um, you think they've been just there built, are just states slow, with one abortion burn. clinic and it's open two days a week, right? There are people all over this country that can't get to a clinic because it's hundreds of miles away and it costs too much. And then they have to come back 24 hours later to get counseling. And then they have, you know, I mean, like there are a lot of babies born in this country every day um, because the mother did not have the option of having an abortion. So they have been making a lot of progress just quietly. Um, and I think that that progress would become much more visible, but it might be, like I said, just saying, well, now you can, can't get an abortion after six weeks right? or, right. you know, right. now, you know, you can, it does, if you have to fly across the country to get it, that's not a burden. Um, right. You know, guess, they can do a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question of what, what is, what is tolerable and not tolerable for the, the women of America. I mean, I think what you're, I mean, you're undoubtedly correct about the chipping away of it in these like kind of little slow He's, boil yeah but but it is like the fundamental right still exists right you know and it's like yeah i mean six weeks yeah. might be the trigger or might be something else but it seems like there's a kind of there's a point where you hit you know uh, something that is goes beyond what the expectation of the chipping away is yeah so i know you have to catch but. a train i but i have, i do have one more question about about this that going back to the travel ban and the the the, the power of the president because i think this kind of gets that that ruling to me gets um, to, opens up questions that I don't fully understand. Like, what? Where does where does the power of the president end? If if the ruling is like, well, if you say, you know, we need to ban these countries, and um, you have somebody write a memo or whatever and agree with it, that's like a national security advisor. Let's say, does this mean that now there's a precedent for uh, other types of laws where the president says, hey, I need to do this? People say, well, that's not constitutional. And the, he's got a memo from somebody, and now there's a precedent. Is does that the, is that the way this works? I mean, I, I know it sounds stupid asking this question, but does it open the door for things like that to be much easier for the president? I think that's a really good question. I don't think you can say that based just on this ruling, just because you're always working with different statutes, and the court can sort of, again, make up it's make up what it's doing on as it goes along. You know, so it, it could sort of extend this principle further, and it it could not. Um, but I do think you're right to ask about presidential authority, because I will say um, that, you know, whoever is put on the Supreme Court next might be a deciding vote on issues like, can the president pardon himself? Um, you know, can the Mueller investigation continue? Uh, does the president have to respond to a subpoena? Um, there are a lot of questions that have to do with presidential power um, right now that are sort of swirling around Trump and this very unprecedented presidency that he's 
um, in the midst of um, with the Mueller invest investigation and everything. And so I do think you're right to to wonder what this court is going to do on presidential power. I just don't know the answer. Do you okay? Do you and then I'll, this is my last question. Then I'll let you go because I understand you got to catch a train. The, do you believe that Gorsuch Gorsuch uh, would um, that that he is not like? A, I mean, I guess the question is: Is he like a pro-Trump person? Like what you know of him, is he pro-Trump in his stance or is he pro like a set of conservative ideals and a set of sort of like uh, thinking around the Constitution and law? And therefore, it's not a slam dunk, like no questions asked that he would vote in favor of, let's say, Trump being able to pardon himself, because that would be a whole different sort of legal debate that wouldn't be that in his alignment and might not necessarily be or should not be or hopefully would not be like, what does Trump want? Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, so I think I would put it this way, which is that there are a few issues on which Trump departs from traditional Republicans. Uh, you can point to trade, uh, for example, or the fact that he's cozying up to Russia instead of being uh, drawing a hard line on Russia. Um, but when it comes to a Supreme Court justice and, and the law, Trump doesn't really challenge their sort of conservative ideology, right? Like, like Trump, you know, Trump is not making them choose, for example, between like free trade and their base or something, <laughs> um, you know, like some like like has happening right now to uh, Republicans in Congress. Right. So I don't actually think that you have to choose between like a conservative ideal and being pro-Trump if you're on the Supreme Court, uh, because when it comes to legal issues, you know, about um, basically, you know, if you're talking about like pro-business decisions, you know, anti-union decisions, if you're talking about um, the authority of the president when it comes to immigration or foreign policy, um, Trump is not creating a conundrum here for those folks. Right. I guess what I'm saying is that, that Trump's uh, a, a, a something that rose to the Supreme Court that was like the president can pardon himself no matter what uh, would be a major question about like how we are governed in this country and would not would not be in the realm of what is what like that Trump is essentially asking for something. I mean, with the travel ban, Trump essentially was asking for something, right? There is a there is a precedent here where he said, I want this thing to happen. The court said no, that's not constitutional. And so it went up to the Supreme Court. If he says, I want to be able right. to pardon myself and somebody says, no, that's not constitutional, the question is has to be ultimate. I guess the question for me is, does Gorsuch, is he the kind of justice that would say, I'm adhering to what I think is good for the country versus what is good for the Republicans in power right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I have I, not seen an indication that he would do something to preserve this president being in power. Um, if he really felt like it was the wrong thing on the law or or wrong for the country. Um, you know, I certainly think you cannot look at how many 5-4 decisions we have um, that come down between people appointed by Democrats and point, people appointed by Republicans and say that partisanship is not a factor on the Supreme Court. So I'm definitely not saying that. Right. Um, but I don't think that Gorsuch in particular, I have not seen him be so partisan that I think he would... Um, go out of his way to make sure that Trump is okay um, for something that he felt was like really bad law going forward. Right. You know, <laughs> um, the justices have done that. Uh, they did it explicitly in Bush versus Gore because they said, uh, we're going to make Bush president, but, but please don't quote us on this in the future. <laughs> uh, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so, you know, it's happened. Um, but I don't necessarily, um, I, I, I won't, I won't put that on Gorsuch right now.
All right. Well, listen, I'm going to allow I will now allow you to go because I don't want you to be late for your train. <laughs> Thank you very much for this. I know it's like a bunch of sort of um, I think I asked a bunch of dumb questions because I'm just living in a total fear right now. And I feel like I don't understand any of this. Your answers have been extremely enlightening. So thank you very much, and you have to come back next time. There's a, a horrible um, Supreme Court situation, and we can we can commiserate about that as well. Uh, it would be my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much. Well, that is our show for this week. We will be back next week with more tomorrow. And you know what? I really do wish you and your family the very best. And I really hope for their sake and for yours that we can pull through this fucking nightmare and get on the other side and be smoking weed and drinking mimosas and talking about shoes instead of smoking weed, drinking mimosas and talking about death camps. <laughs>